God gave us these commandments so that we would live joyful lives, not to be bound by them in any way, shape, or form. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. I entitled this message, Doing a Good Job. We're going to be looking in the book of Jude. It's a very small book. It's only one chapter. It's the book, second to the last book in the Bible. You get to the book of Revelation, back up one book, and it's right there. It's just a little one-chapter book. But uh, it doesn't seem to matter who you are. doesn't matter where you live. We all have jobs, right? We have things to do. A job uh, in the dictionary is described as, you know, some type of a work. Okay, it's from tasks to chores that we have to do. Yes, it's doing everything from going to work every day uh, to doing the laundry, you could say. It all started back in the Garden of Eden, of course, and that was part of the curse after Adam had eaten of the forbidden fruit. God said to Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, he says, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying that you shall not eat of this one tree. Remember, there was a whole garden of Eden was filled with who knows how many trees. God just said, don't eat of this one tree. So there was no list of Ten Commandments, just one thing, don't eat of this one tree. But of course, they did. So because of that, he says, cursed is the ground because of you. In labor now, you will eat of it all the days of your life by the sweat of your brow. So this is where work was instituted. So if you're working, you're wondering, why do we have to go to work? It's because of this issue right here (laughs) of what Adam did. Yes, man was condemned to exhausting labor to make a living. Hey, Adam. Thanks for nothing there. Okay, but anyway, but we all have to work now, and we all have to labor. But if you do not work, which a lot of people don't want to work now, a lot of people are like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm making so much money in this COVID relief thing that, man, I, I don't have to work. And so uh, uh, the Bible tells us as believers in Second Thessalonians 3.10, if anyone is not willing to work, then you should not eat. Now, God's not talking about someone who's disabled or or somehow you're incapacitated where you can't work. He's talking about the person that can work and you're milking the system. He says, if you don't work, you shouldn't be able to eat. But now, in our day and age, not only men have to work, but as you ladies know, most of you women have to work also. And with the cost of living continuing to rise, and it's off the hook these last few months, if you've noticed, food prices are going up, gas is up like another buck a gallon. So I was getting gas the other day, it's like almost five bucks a gallon. Like, whoa, 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 what happened here? Wait a second, what's going on here? Yes, everything is rising. So having to work is part of our life this side of heaven. But knowing that we all have to work, we must all remember that when we're applying for a job, there's certain things that you won't want to do. There's certain things called like a first impression, but some people don't get that when they're going to a job interview. Listen to what these people did as they went in for a job interview. This is true here. One... 
One brought her dog with her to the interview. You know, when you're going to get a job, don't bring your dog with you. Okay, like I have a problem with this anyway. Like, I love my dog, but I'm not taking him into Walmart with me. One thing for sure, we all have to work. We all have to pay our bills to survive. But tonight, we're going to look at these last few verses in the book of Jude here. Now, Jude was the brother of Jesus. They shared the same mother. Mary was their mother. Of course, you know, Jesus had no earthly father because Jesus was supernaturally conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. Yet Jesus was raised by Joseph, the husband of Mary, the father of Jude. Now in verse one of this one chapter book, Jude had described himself as a bond slave. Now, that's from the Greek word doulos, as many of you know. And that, of course, is saying that I am a slave by my own free will and desire, meaning I want to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. I want to be his servant. And the reason that Jude wrote this letter in the first place, which is, again, a very short letter, was because he lived in a time that was very much like our time today. Christianity was under attack, and we're seeing it more and more under attack here in America from all angles. There were political attacks, spiritual attacks from these people called the Gnostics. Now, the Gnostics were those who believed that they had a superior spiritual insight and knowledge. It was a knowledge that they gained not by the study of God's word, but rather by self-illumination. And they thought that illumination was only available to an elite few. And they had two crazy thought patterns, these Gnostics did. The first one was they thought they were not under any obligation to obey any moral law. So you just do whatever you want to do. Hey, if it feels good, do it. doesn't matter. So they didn't think there was any moral law. And second, they thought that through some kind of bodily abuse, it would somehow promote a greater spirituality. So if I suffered in some way or whatever, it's going to help me spiritually. Now, this, of course, is the complete and polar opposite of Christianity. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, we know this of course. You know, the fact is that God has written a moral law, but not only has he written it in form of writing, that's why we have the Bible in front of us, but he also wrote it on the fleshly tablets of our heart. And that's why we know that there is a moral law, because when we do something that's wrong, our very conscience will be seared inside. Our very conscience will feel feelings of guilt and shame for doing something wrong because we knew it was wrong. Why? Again, because God has said it's wrong and he's wrote it upon our own hearts. But that's a conscience that God's given us. Now, God shares this law in a physical form with us. He shares it in his word. In fact, it's recorded, the Ten Commandments of God is recorded in Exodus chapter 20, where he first lists the Ten Commandments of God. And of course, he was giving them to Moses, and he was writing them on tablets of stone with his own finger. I wonder if you could actually quote all ten of the Ten Commandments, because many times people will say, well, I'd live by the Ten Commandments. Really? Yes. Can you name like three of them? And, And most people cannot. You know, so it's kind of like, well, what exactly are the Ten Commandments? You know, so the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. 
Now, you know, we don't think about idols and gods as much. I mean, some people have them. I remember I was laying floors one time. Uh, I used to lay floors for a living, hardwood floors. And uh, I was doing a repair in this lady's house. And I was kind of crawling around on her entryway, kind of fixing a couple small scratches. And I opened the, you know, the coat closet door in the entryway. And it was all set up as a shrine. They had this little fat Buddha doll in there with a ruby in his belly. and, And I'm just like... Okay, okay, we'll just close that right back up, you know. But uh, it was all draped, the walls were draped and all this, and I could see them opening this door and worshiping this thing, and like, oh, geez, you know. We could have other gods. It could be a car. It could be a motorcycle. It could be, you know, something else for you ladies. It might not be a car for you. It could be, you know, your wardrobe. I mean, it's like it just anything that you put on a par and spend more time with that thing than you do with God. So that's that's a God to you because you actually honor that thing. It could be vacationing, like, oh, I've got to do my vacation and all of this. Look, there's nothing wrong with a vacation. There's nothing wrong with a car or motorcycle. But if you put that thing above God, then that's where the problem comes from. That's why the Bible says that, you know, money is the root of all evil. Well, it's like, well, it's a root. Money itself is not evil, but it's what money can do to you that can become evil. So number one, the first commandment is you have no other gods before me. The second commandment is similar to the first, but it says you shall not worship any image. Don't have any images. We talked about this just a little bit this morning, how the fact that some religions will have, you know, statues and this and that and, you know, light candles and this and all. And it's like uh, God says that you're breaking the second commandment. Don't have any images that you would bow down and worship to those things. Uh, The third commandment is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Isn't it amazing how, you know, people will say, GG, you know, and they'll damn this and damn that in God's name. It's like, really? Do not use the name of the Lord in vain. The fourth commandment is keeping the Sabbath holy. So taking that Sabbath. And now we know in the New Testament that God has actually expanded the Sabbath. You know, it's not to be this just one day. It's like the Sabbath is holy. Every day is a holy Sabbath to the Lord that we have a a relationship that is 24-7 with God. And the fifth is the only one of the Ten Commandments that has a promise. It's the only one that comes with a promise, and that is the Fifth Commandment. Honor your father and mother. If you do this, you'll have long life. Uh, the Sixth Commandment is, thou shall not murder. Again, these are things that God has wrote on our hearts, so I mean, we know it's not right to murder. But we're seeing a huge increase of murder in our country right now. Isn't it amazing how if there is a murder between a husband or a wife is murdered, who's the first person they look at? It's the mate. I mean, you, I mean it never used to be like that. Like, oh my goodness, so-and-so's wife was killed. Uh, who did it? Now it's like, <laughs> what was that life insurance policy you had there? Uh-huh, okay. Yes, yeah, so, so that's thou shalt not murder. The seventh is you shall not commit adultery. That's right. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not sleep with another man's wife. Now, of course, God expanded on these sexual sins, and it's having sex uh, outside of marriage. So it's any kind of sexual perversion. It's uh, yeah, someone else's mate. It's uh, having sex uh, outside of marriage. And again, you know, God made sex for our pleasure. It's like, thank you. Okay, this is good. Okay, but he just said in the context of a marriage relationship. So he says, look, I didn't say no to sex. I said, wait 
until you come into a marriage relationship. And then once you come into that marriage relationship, you only have it with your marriage relationship, not with someone else's marriage relationship. Uh, and so, and then the eighth commandment is thou shall not steal. Thou shall not steal. Number nine, thou shall not bear false witness. You know, no lying and all that and cheating. And number 10, thou shall not covet. And it makes it specific that you shall not covet your neighbor's cow or his donkey. So make sure you don't do that. But, you know, and even though we don't, we're not maybe coveting someone's cow or donkey, uh, but you could be coveting their car or maybe their spouse, what have you. So, you know, when you look at the commandments and you talk to someone that, that really has no concept of God and they say, you know, you Christians, you just, you're bound by a bunch of rules and regulations. Really? When you think about these commandments, what is so hard and difficult about being strapped down to these commandments? Yes, you should honor your father and mother that brought you into the earth and cared for you your whole life. Okay, you should not steal so you don't get thrown in jail for stealing. But, uh, you know, thou shalt not murder. Yeah, you know, that, is that really, is that harming? I mean, is that really crimping your style? You know, it's like, really? I mean, it's like when you look at these commandments, God gave us these commandments so that we would live joyful lives, not to be bound by them in any way, shape, or form. It says in Numbers fifteen thirty nine in the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God, it says, and it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments. And you see where these tassels and what have you on their body. It's almost like, why don't you have the Ten Commandments like hanging on your body? We have them written upon the fleshly tablets of our heart. But he says, so that you do them and follow after your heart and with your own eyes after that. He says, if you don't do these things, you would be like someone playing the harlot. Harlot, really? So in order that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Notice what God said about following after your own heart. He compares it to playing a harlot, doing what you want to do. There's a good reason why God compared not listening to him or his word and comparing that to harlots. You know, we had a ministry years ago, me and my wife down in the red light district in Washington, D.C. They were rebellious. They didn't want to listen to anyone. So, I mean, it was great that we were able to get seven girls, but we got them all. But man, there was hundreds that didn't and didn't want to listen to us. And and it's like they were rebellious. They didn't want anyone to tell them what to do. And so it goes for those who claim to be Christians. Yet by their own actions, they prove to be quite the opposite. I like what it says in Titus 1.16, they profess to know God, but by their own deeds, they deny him being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. Yes, for those who want to live by what they think is right in their own eyes, we have to be careful because our hearts, listen, can deceive us. Plus, we cannot make ourselves holy in any way ourselves, as you know. 
There isn't any kind of sacrifice that we can do for our lives. Oh, I need to crawl across broken glass that we're trying to do that he's coming against here. You know, and it's like these Gnostics would hurt themselves. They would cut themselves. They would do all kinds of things to try to make themselves closer to God. Remember, even when Elijah was dealing with the false prophets of Baal and they were trying to call down fire from heaven. Remember, the false prophets started cutting themselves, trying to get their God, Baal, to bring fire down from heaven. Of course, he did because he doesn't exist. So we can't do anything to try to get us right before God. It's only what God does inside of us. That's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But isn't that cool? We don't have to try to earn our way to heaven. We can't do it ourselves. God does it. That's why Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of any works that we can do, that we would be able to boast about it. God doesn't want us to be able to boast, oh, I'm going to heaven because I'm a goody two-shoes. Look how wonderful I am. No, no, we're going to heaven because we are saved by the grace of God. And that's a good thing because, you know, we can have weeks and days, maybe months where we're really good. Then we turn around, we do something stupid and fall on our face. But that's why we can go right back to the Lord and say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. And he will forgive us and cleanse us of our unrighteousness. Well, anyway, Jude writes this book to deal with the arrival of these false teachers. And we have a lot of false teachers out here today. And I'm not talking about just in the Christian realm. I'm talking about who you watch in the news and what have you. These Gnostics that were causing a moral apostasy, meaning a falling away of truth, meaning they caused people to abandon their real faith, leaving what they once clung to for another lifestyle, another gospel, you could say. One That's without Jesus. And that's what's happening in our world today at a rapid rate where people have grasped on to whatever they think is right in their own intellectualism now. Well, tonight, as we look at these few verses in Jude, uh, I entitled the study, as I said here, doing a good job because God has entrusted us with the job of sharing the gospel with others, meaning he's called us to communicate his message to this sick and dying world. Know this, we've all been given gifts, and the biggest gift of all is our very life itself, that we live in this body, and we are stewards of this life that we have. And so that means that we can control what we do in our free time. We can control what we look at in our free time. We can control what we talk about and who we hang out with. Well, with knowing all of that, let me ask you here, how are you managing your life in relation to the things of God? So let's consider our point, knowing what's coming, as we read here in the book of Jude, uh, chapter 1, picking up verse 17. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last times, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. Okay, so in the last days, there's going to be mockers, mockers against us Christians, and they're going to follow after their own ungodly lust. So there's going to be a a wickedness that just happens in the world. Have you noticed like what the Bible says in Isaiah 520? What are those who call evil good and good evil? 
Now we're, we're doing things that are wicked, but, oh, no, this is good. It's, it's okay with you. It's okay with everyone else. So Jude says, hey, guys, don't you remember that we were all warned that things are going to get bad at the end, that there would be those that would mock us as believers. There would be a falling away spiritually. That's what apostasy is. It's in a falling away spiritually. And it's continued to get worse here today. Our world has completely turned its back on the written word of God, denying its power and denying its source. Yes, we remember what's been written for us here in the last days. Matthew 24 said this, He says, see to it that no one misleads you. And he repeats that, remember, four times. That's the only thing that he repeats in that chapter four times. He says in verse 6, and you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, he says, for nation will rise against nation, and in various places will be famines and earthquakes. Verse 12 said, and because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Gee, because lawlessness is increased, Most people's love will grow cold. Do we not see that happening around us? Because lawlessness is getting out of control, so people just don't care anymore. Today, there's so many people being misled, not just religiously. Yes, there's like 5,000 active belief systems or religions here in America alone. And yes, they all claim to be some type of a truth. And on top of that, though, we have practically every source of news now and social media, they're all propagating a narrative of truth, which is not truth. One that if you disagree with it, oh, we will cancel you because you're a bigot. He said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, to Jesus, every life matters. And when he uses that word world there, it's from the Greek word cosmos. It's all living matter. He says, every living person matters. Do you remember how the Jews were bigots? They were racist because they were a people that were always being picked on and what have you. So they all recoiled and were like, hey, we're just keeping God to ourselves. And remember how bad they treated the Samaritans? Remember, the Samaritans were Jews that intermarried with non-Jews. And so the Jews hated them. They said, you guys are sellouts. You're half-breeds. And so they wouldn't even talk to the Samaritans. In fact, the religious leaders would teach that the Samaritans were only there to, to, to flame the fires of hell. Like they're just there to keep the fires of hell going, throw some more Samaritans in there. And what did Jesus do? He went and talked to the Samaritans. So he went to the places where people wouldn't go. Remember Philip, after he left, he went out, he went to Samaria. And he preached, and there was such a huge revival that Peter and John went up there to check it out because, man, the word of God was going out, and the Holy Spirit fell upon those Samaritans. See, Jesus died for all people, everybody. So every single life matters. Not one color skin is more important than another color skin. Not one shape of an eye is better than another shape. In God's eyes, we are all equal, and that's why he came. He came because he loved the world, and he wants the world to be saved. But yes, here in the world, We've got all kinds of stuff that's happening against one another and pitting one race against another race. And we have wars. Man, just in the last hundred plus years, we've had what? World War I. 
World War II, multiple wars in the Middle East, the Gulf Wars, Afghanistan, Iran. I mean, let's not forget what God told Abraham at the very beginning of the Jewish race. And it's something that's true. Look, if you don't believe anything else in the Bible, this should make you believe in the Bible 100%. He says, anyone who comes against you, whoever curses you, the Israeli people, he says, if they curse you, I will curse them. If they bless you, I will bless them. You look through the history of humanity on planet earth. Any nation that has come against the Jews, that has cursed the Jews, they no longer exist because they're God's chosen people. But let's not forget, those who curse them will be cursed and those who bless them will be blessed. And one of the reasons that the United States has been so blessed in the last 200 plus years is we have always been favorable to Israel. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla, one word, dot org. As well as writing to our P.O. Box, 34789 Los Angeles, California, 90034. 